Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of the Made for Life podcast. I am your host, Stuart Perry, and as you know, the Made for Life podcast centers around men and women who depend on protective equipment, PPE. They need it every day in the challenges they face and the work that they do and the lives that they live. We try to keep the show centered around their thoughts and needs and what helps them get the work done that they need to get done. And today we've got a very special guest. We're being joined by uh, Dina Ali. Dina, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Dina, I've done some background checking on you, and it seems like you've been with the Raleigh uh, Fire Department for 13 years. Is that right? That's correct. I also understand that before you were a firefighter, you were a police officer. Is that correct? That is. We all uh, make mistakes in our lives. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, one of the most important <laughs> uh, reasons that you're on the show today is that because you were one of the co-founders of the uh, North Carolina Peer Support Organization that helps uh, uh I'm assuming firefighters are all emergency workers, EMS as well, perhaps law enforcement, or is it strictly firefighters? We started as just being uh, for firefighters, and over the years as we've evolved, um, we now serve um, all first responders in North Carolina, so that includes uh, EMS, police, um, telecommunicators. Wow. And, yeah, and even correctional officers. We, we just try to be a network for anybody in need. It's fantastic. Now, I, I I'm not going to lie. I did I did look at some of your information online, and I understand that you're uh, you're into CrossFit and you're an advocate for the five 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 fitness program that also has expanded, I believe, now to all to EMS for all first responders as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Actually, this happened this year where uh, yeah, now they kind of serve everybody, which is really cool. Well, that's neat. And I also understand that you're an avid cyclist. Is that correct? That's something um, I started when I was a little kid, and I never outgrew. I just uh, love to ride. Well, that's great. I was I was going to mention that when you talk about cycling, what comes to my mind? This is how long it's been for me. I, I think about banana seats and sissy bars. So that's how long it's been <laughs> since I've been a serious cycler. But uh, not to get too lighthearted, uh, tell us a little bit about the the uh, North Carolina peer support. Tell us what you guys do. I mean, what what are you what are you seeing out there? What are you experiencing? And in, in what ways do you guys help first responders? Well, um, in two thousand and fifteen, I went back to school and started working on my graduate degree. And I was given an assignment where I was supposed to find an area within uh, emergency services where um, what we were doing wasn't enough and find a way to improve it. And as I was uh, trying to figure out, you know, something that could be meaningful, one of the chief officers on my department recommended that I look into firefighter suicide. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is 2015, which is five years ago, not that long ago. But what was amazing was five years ago, there is not a lot of discussion on mental health or suicide or anything like that in emergency services. It mm. just wasn't a topic that was important. Um, and ironically, at that time, I had just reached a point in my life where I was actually depressed. And I had thought about suicide. I had made an attempt. Um, I don't think it had gone uh, down the path where, you know, I was an imminent risk. But I was depressed and the thought of suicide crossed my mind. And I remember how alienated that made me feel and how crazy it made me feel and how alone I felt in that time. Mm. So when the chief officer asked me to look into firefighter suicide, it really um, scared me for a second because I was like, oh, crap, what does he know? Uh, mm. But uh, now I'm really grateful that he did because as I started researching firefighter suicide, I realized that my experience wasn't unique and there were a lot of other first responders uh, who were suffering in silence. Suicide was impacting the fire service. Uh, there was research done in my state where um, a psychologist, she actually looked at every death certificate of every firefighter in North Carolina, and she found a three-to-one ratio of suicide to line-of-duty death. Holy cow. And so, 
yeah, and that that just kind of let me know, like, okay, this is this is something that we we need to do more about, and we need to research more. So I got more into the research, and what was fascinating was the antidote to suicide was creating hope, mm. um, and that was what every commonality found was that was through human connection, meaningful connection. Um, and a main piece of that was just through the ability to open up and share experiences, not to feel alone when struggling. And so everything that I found said peer, how, how peer support teams are so important. And the reason peer support teams are important is because you bring together unique members of emergency services with unique experiences who are willing to share the experiences and be there to listen and help other people who are going through those experiences. Well, no, so me, that's kind of, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me ask this question and uh, this may seem fairly obvious. Do you think that prior to more recent times, like you said, this was, this was relatively a short time ago, just five years. Do you think that in the fire service, there's a sort of stigma that goes along with that, that nobody wants to be perceived as weak or, or needing help. They want to be the people that help others. And for them to admit, to admit they might need help might somehow uh, affect them badly or make them look less, strong in the eyes of their peers. Do you think that's a reality or am I, or am I out on a limb here? Oh, no, that's a complete reality. The main thing is, so, you know, um, even from my law enforcement days, one of the things that new um, people are told are is, you know, leave your baggage at home. When you come, be prepared to help other people. So when people show up at work, they want everybody around them to trust them and trust that they're okay and that they can help other people. So what happens is when they are dealing with life, um, when they're dealing with ups and downs, depression, you know, divorces, negative experiences, anything that they feel might make them seem like they're not totally um, ready to serve, they try to hide it. Hmm. Because like you said, they're, they're afraid that, you know, their, their coworkers are going to think that they're weak or that they're crazy. Hmm. Well, that that's interesting. And when you say leave your, leave your stuff at home, leave your problems at home. Do you think that's reciprocal? Do you think that when you have issues at work, you should leave those at work and not take those home? I mean, that would seem to be a, the logical conclusion. Right. So, you know, firefighters do that. They, they historically would leave their baggage at home. And, and we found that that wasn't good, that, you know, you need to be able to open up and express whatever you're experiencing. You work with a team, but also with relationships at home. Um, sometimes, Firefighters feel like they need to protect their spouses, mm. uh, protect their family by not sharing their experiences. And what ends up happening is it, it actually, that that hurts the relationship. Um, meaningful relationships, meaningful connections, sit around openness. And when you have to hide part of you or when you have to hide something, it really eats away at that relationship. So historically, we thought that was the best way to do it. But now we're learning, um, fortunately, through research, um, fortunately through other peer support teams that being able to just open up and talk about experiences actually helps people to connect and actually helps people to get through those experiences much better. Let me ask you this in the, since you got involved in this five years ago, do you think that the, that it's now more open that people are more willing to talk and be a part of this process than they were five years ago? Oh, substantially. I think the last two years, especially uh, we've seen so much change. I remember when I first started researching it, I remember I would print some papers uh, to go through and I'd have them at work. And if somebody walked by, I'd take the paper and turn it upside down. So I was afraid that they'd see what I was looking at and um, that they would like, you know, worry about me or kind of freak out. But now it, it's really open to discuss it. And people, 
even today, I saw a post from one of my friends where he said that he just started seeing a counselor um, and it's making things so much better for himself. And five years ago, if, you know, a, a male firefighter posted something like that, it probably would have gotten made fun of. But today, um, I, I looked at the comments on that post and all of his uh, friends and everybody was like, thank you for sharing, you know, keep up the good work. So yeah, people are more willing to, you know, be open, talk about this. And even if a firefighter dies by suicide, we're more willing to say that. Five years ago, if a firefighter or any first responder died by suicide, for some reason, it was kept a secret. Hmm. Um, I guess they felt that if they told other people what happened, that it would bring shame to that person and shame to their reputation. Hmm. And, and now we're more open to saying this person died by suicide. They were suffering in silence. Um, please reach out. You know, it's okay not to be okay. Now, this organization you have is obviously based in North Carolina. Are you seeing the growth of similar organizations in other jurisdictions and other states and places? Oh, absolutely. So our team is based in North Carolina, and it works well that way because clinicians are licensed in their own state. So we are a network of first responders, and we also work with a network of clinicians, and, and we stay within our state. But we partner with several other states and several other organizations we have a very close partnership with the Florida Firefighters Safety and Health Collaborative. We got a lot of our resources out of Illinois. And in fact, today, right now, I'm driving to Virginia uh, to teach a peer support class uh, to Virginia. So even though we're North Carolina first responder peer support, we work with any other state willing to share resources. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Well, where did, let me ask you this. Do you get support from the fire service industry? Are there are there manufacturers, are there gear manufacturers, or the guys that make the SCBAs or the boots? Are these guys helping you? Are they giving you resources to use? We, we've had some. Um, for example, uh, in North Carolina, not here, but actually uh, Atlantic Emergency Solutions, uh, they build fire trucks. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been huge supporters of ours, and every year they give us a donation. Well, may, um, well, maybe we can use this podcast to, to drum up some more support. The more people know about this, I think the more of them would be willing to help. I know that, for instance, our podcast is sponsored by the fine folks at Tenkata Protective Fabrics, and uh, I'm sure that they'd be more than happy to get involved if they, could, if they could help in any way. So maybe this podcast will help. What do you think? I think that's awesome. You know, one of the main things that, that's important that we try to do is host like an annual conference where we provide education across the state. But in order to do that, you've got to have sponsors. And a lot of times, um, you know, these manufacturers are some of the best sponsors you can have for these events. So Absolutely. I'm with you. I think that'd be awesome. Well, uh, well, since uh, you and I have now exchanged information, perhaps we can stay in touch and, and talk about what that conference looks like and when it's going to be able to happen again. And since I broached that subject, let me ask you, have you seen uh, any uptick in depression or desperation among firefighters due to the COVID-19 situation? So there's been you know, people to say yes and to predict it. Uh, the evidence just isn't quite out there yet. However, if you understand how depression occurs, uh, you understand that um, lack of connection, um, loneliness uh, can, can make somebody more depressed. You can see where oh, this yeah. situation most doubtedly would do it. But also, um, meaning is so important. So right now for first responders, there is a sense of meaning in their professions. So for some first responders, they're actually thriving during this time. I know it sounds crazy. No, I understand um, exactly. It's their time to shine. I understand exactly what you mean. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I, you know, and something fascinating, and, and you and I talked briefly about PTSD uh, before this, uh, before, you know, aired the podcast. And, you know, with PTSD, there's this idea that if you are subject to trauma, you are going to end up with PTSD. 
But what we've learned is it actually is your resiliency factors before the trauma and your social networks before the trauma that can really dictate how you respond to trauma. And if you think about COVID-19 and mm-hmm. think about the people that end up more ill, uh, it's the same thing. Um, we know that people who have, you know, immune systems uh, that are compromised, they're going to be more subjective to having ill effects of the COVID. And that's the same thing with PTSD. If your um, connections, if your resiliency, if your mental health mm-hmm. is compromised, you're going to be more likely to have adverse effects from trauma. Wow, that, I never thought of it that way. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's why I enjoy doing podcasts like this because I think it's important to make sure people know how important it is to have strong social networks, um, to practice things like mindfulness, um, and to practice self-care because if you do those three things and you get adequate sleep, you're going to be much less likely um, to experience depression, much less likely to experience uh, PTSD. Wow, fascinating. So you mentioned uh, that you're uh, doing some graduate work. Uh, what are you studying? I actually just graduated. Uh, oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got my master's in public administration, and it was great because for the entire program, I was able to focus all of my studies on firefighter suicide. Wow, that's outstanding. So this is something yeah, that you're genuinely dedicated to. I mean, not just on the job, but all the time, right? Yeah, I've, I've become quite consumed by it. I'm... Uh, I guess it's just given my life a lot of meaning and it's, it's just been wonderful to continue to try to find ways to protect first responders and just get that information out there. And I just hope to see uh, the numbers change because right now in the United States, um, since 1999, the rate of suicide has gone up by 35% for all people. Holy cow. And yeah. And so my, my passion uh, right now is to, you know, find a way to make that stop and, and turn those numbers around. Um, not just for first responders, but for all people, because we are a part of the general population. Oh, yes, definitely. And like I mentioned before, I mean, we're we're glad to have you on. We're glad you're on. And if you ever want to come back again, we'd be glad to have you. And anything we can do to help to, to push those efforts, we'd, we'd certainly be glad to do it. So uh, anything else you want to add? I know we're right at the 15-minute mark, and we usually try to keep it around 15 to 20 minutes. But uh, is there anything else you want to add or anything else you feel is important for people to know? Or are there some resources, anywhere you can point people if they need help, somewhere they can go, a website or a phone number, anything like that? Well, I just want to make sure people know that, uh, you know, your career, it, it's long. You start as a young adult, and by the time you retire, you've gone through a lot in life. Uh, relationships have changed. Um, you've had losses. You've had a lot of experiences. And in those times, you're not expected to always be at the top of your game. It is truly okay not to be okay. We're all humans. We're going to have ups and downs. And, and you need to know that when you're having that down, you're not alone. And you're not the first person to be there. So when you are there, don't don't suffer in silence. Don't be ashamed to reach out. Please reach out. And there are tons of resources. Um, North Carolina Peer Support Team, our phone number is one eight five five seven 7 peer Even if you're not in North Carolina, call us. We'll help get you connected to resources wherever you are. Um, but there are other resources available. Uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, um, 1-800-273-TALK. They are an incredible resource for anybody suffering. Um, so, so reach out. You're not alone. Wow. Dina, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, you're doing some fantastic work, and I w- congratulations on your uh, recent degree, and I hope that you keep doing the good work that you're doing, and thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, when I get ready to uh, post this podcast, we're going to put all that information in the description so that people can find those resources and get where they need to go. I thank you for being on, and we'd love to have you on again. So we're going to close it out today. Thanks, Dina. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was an honor. Thank you for reaching out today. No problem. 
So, that's another episode of Made for Life. Like I mentioned before, it's brought to you by the fine people at Tinkata Protective Fabrics, where they develop the uh, fabrics that go into the PPE and workwear that men and women all across the world need to be confident and do their jobs and be the best they can be every day, at work, as well as in life in general. Stay tuned, and we'll have a new episode for you very, very soon. Thanks a lot.